In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to episode 18 of the Be Fulfilled Show. It's the real stories behind success. If money wasn't the answer, what would it be? We're going to find out in just a couple minutes with today's guest, who is the founder of The Unstoppable CEO and the best-selling author of Unstoppable Referrals, 10X Referrals, Half the Effort, and the publisher of the premium newsletter, The Unstoppable CEO Confidential. For two decades, Steve has led and marketed professional service firms, becoming the CEO of his first firm at age 28. He's developed over 30 marketing and sales strategies for professional service firms used by clients of Unstoppable CEO programs, including the Unstoppable Referrals Process, the Business That Grows Itself Framework, the Ideal Client Advantage, the Website Maximizer, the ultimate high-ticket sales process, the sales presentation blueprint, the reverse prospecting game plan, and so many more. Also, the live event breakthrough and the authority platform. Please welcome to the show, Steve Gordon. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Well, man, just going over your bio, I don't think you've done anything. I think we should try to talk about another career for you because it doesn't look like you've been doing anything. Yeah, time to start over. Well, I am certainly honored to have you on the show I was a recent guest on uh, your podcast. We'll talk about that today as to the Unstoppable CEO. A lot of great stuff happening, but the question I asked in the beginning is for you to answer now. What is your definition of success? That's a tougher question than, uh, than people listening might think to be asked that and, uh, and have to answer in this kind of a venue. And I think for me, it comes down to the idea of making an impact. And for me, what that means is taking the people that are around you in the world and on this planet and and helping them go through a transformation, whatever that is for them. And for me, that applies in business, but it also applies, you know, in family life with my wife and my kids. And I think it works in all areas. So for me, that that's it, making an impact. I love that. All right. So what we're going to do today, we're going to climb up Success Mountain. We're going to talk about some of the challenges you faced in building just an amazing career over the past two decades, all of the businesses you've launched, I know that there's probably been some struggles along the way. It hasn't been just, hey, today, guys, we're going to go release this and make millions and everything's great. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the struggles because I think it's super important as people understand that you got to fail and you got to fail fast and you got to get back up, but you got to keep moving forward. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to the top of Success Mountain. We'll take a break and we'll come back from that with some fun questions, lifeline, fulfillment stuff, where we're going to get to know you a little deeper, where I try to cut through some of the kind of the noise where we answer these questions kind of from surface level. I want to try to get to the acidity today in your gut where I can get you to even break through and have some fun, laugh a little bit. So if you're ready for that, I'd love to take you up Success Mountain and get started. Let's do it. All right. So Steve, let's talk about you as a student in high school. What kind of student were you growing up? <laughs> you know, this is a really dangerous question for me to answer right now because I had three teenagers in high school um, and I hopefully they won't listen to this. But I was the kid that always got on the report card, you know, just isn't living up to his potential. And I was really, really good at skating by on minimal effort, which is kind of the opposite of where I, I feel like I am right now. But yeah, that was me in high school. So as your three kids who uh, hopefully they do listen to you, they should be proud of their father. You know, I have two teenage boys myself and I always tell them, you should hear about what I, I say in these interviews about you. I actually talk a lot about 
life was so different growing up for us in high school than it is today. What do you think kids face today as some of their biggest challenges? Well, you know, it's really interesting to observe what they're going through. You know, the world that they live in right now is very different than the one that we did. We're recording this a few days after a school shooting in, in South Florida and in a community where I used to live. And our kids have kind of grown up with that as a reality. And it's been interesting to listen to them talk about that and comprehend it this week and and try and relate to it. And it's very difficult for me to relate to because I'd never experienced anything like that growing up. I, you know, for us, the threat was different. At least I, I grew up at the end of the Cold War. You know, the things that you feared were bigger and outside of you and you had, you know, you didn't know them. So I think they experience it differently from that respect. The way that they communicate is vastly different. And I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, maybe you've noticed this with your kids. But yeah, when you figure it out, please let me know. Yeah, it's just a different, I mean, the, the way that they communicate with one another is completely unique from what I ever experienced. And so I'm trying to learn so that I can, can hopefully communicate with them a little bit more effectively. Well, you talked about impact, right? With your wife, your kids, your family, just kind of life in general. And I think, I think today's generation, the impact that social media, the news and Twitter, I mean, in two seconds, you can figure out everything that's happening. I mean, there's some good stuff there and there's some also bad. What's your kind of take on social media in general with how much information people are consuming so quickly? You know, I think as with any tool, the tool is neutral. It's what we do with it. And this is the thing I've tried to get across to to our kids is that with all of the information that's out there, you've got you've to have really good filters and you've got to be able to, within yourself, understand how you're attaching value to that. I think we all kind of go through life making up this story about what's real. And certainly there are some real things. The computer that's sitting in front of me, I can touch it. It's real. But I might attach a particular value or impression to it. And, you know, I've noticed with the kids, they tend to do that with information. We all tend to do that with information, attach a good or bad interpretation to it. And I think that can be really, really dangerous. And there's a lot of opportunity to do that right now, particularly with with information that's out there that may or may not be accurate. And and it's really hard to judge. No, I think that's an important point, too, the filter is something that I think we're all learning now that so much information is coming our way in so many areas. I watch it with my kids. You know, one minute Snapchat, they divert, they're onto something else really, really quick. They filter themselves, they filter their friends. You know, one of the questions that I bring up today to kind of want to get to know you a little bit deeper, we talk about that you maybe weren't living up to your potential, you know, on a report card or in parent-teacher conferences, but something changed. And you even identified that something changed in you. Was that something that when you went off to college or was that just something that you realized one day you woke up to was, was this change that you saw it coming on, maybe a mentor or a coach, somebody was able to extract it from you and pull it out of you. What was that change? What was that change agent? For me, it was an illness. In college, I got really sick with a a thyroid condition, which if you don't get it treated for a long period of time, can be life-threatening. And it had gotten to a point where it was, you know, it was approaching that. I dropped, I don't know, my, I guess, between my sophomore and junior year, I dropped from 190 pounds to around 150 pounds in a matter of a few months, you know, went through all of these other physical changes. And I went through a time period there where everybody was telling me, well, I just need to step back and take some time off from college and just, you know, allow myself to you know, heal and recover. And I didn't like that idea. 
I was at a stage where I knew if I did that, like all my friends would have graduated at that point, would have come back and, and felt like I, you know, I didn't know anybody. Um, and I felt like I was kind of getting in, into a rhythm with my studies and all that. And so I, I just stepped back and said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not quitting. I was afraid if I did, I would never make it back. And that entire process for me, talking about impact, had a huge impact. I learned a lot about what I was capable of through that. So I think that was the big turning point for me. So medication, you figured out a routine, how your body's working. Fast forward to today, do you notice much about it? Like, is it something that you just, because of modern day medicine, you've been able to regulate a little bit better and it just doesn't bother you? Tell me a little bit about it. Because for me, I'm always fascinated. You know, my son is a type one diabetic, got diagnosed at age 16. It was a big turning point in our family. And for him, it's like, no big deal. He's like, yeah, I live with it. It's fine. It's, I take some meds and I move on. So yeah. what's, what's it become for you? For me and, and most of the people who experience it, it's the same kind of thing. Once you figure it out and, and get it under control, it's no big deal. And I'm thankful for that, you know, but you know, it certainly, it gets you tuned into what your body's doing a little bit more. And uh, I'm sure your son experiences that as well. He'll know if he's a little bit out of whack and he'll know before the doctors know, right? Oh before yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. So at age 28, something happened in your life. You had kind of this, this mark growing up. I had that mark too. I think a lot of entrepreneurs had that mark. They had so much potential, but yet we weren't living up to it. Go off to college. We have kind of a life-changing experience. Something happens. You graduate. What happens to you in your early, you know, early mid-20s where you decide you want to go into business for yourself? What was your degree on? My degree is actually in this really small niche of engineering called geomatics which is uh, the kind of the study of the shape of the earth and, and measurement of the earth and all this stuff. Really arcane little discipline. And I got hired out of college by a, a small company to do that and didn't realize it, but found out about four years later that I was the founder's exit plant. And so I got asked to, to take the company over at 28. So I didn't go into it necessarily with the intention that, that I was going to take that business over, but I was really lucky and thankful for the mentoring that I had and you know, for the guidance and the, the growth opportunity that I had there. Mentorship. How many mentors do you have today? Oh my goodness. It depends on how you want to classify them, but probably hundreds. You know, Good. if you look at, at people that I, I look to, to provide wisdom in my life, most of them don't know that I exist on the planet, but nonetheless, they're mentoring me. I love it. I think it's so important today in our society that we have somebody helping us, right? Because how many times do you think you pivoted in your childhood with different jobs growing up? Have you ever been able to look back at all the different jobs that you were able to hold growing up? Yeah, I, I probably had a dozen or so before I got out of college. And, and were there any similarities between the jobs that you held? Yeah, they were all they were all miserable. <laughs> <laughs> were you a salesman? Uh, yeah. Were you like a host? Like what type of jobs oh, did you so, hold? Yeah, I, uh, I sold sneakers for a while. I was one of those guys in the mall selling sneakers back when Air Jordans first came out, you know, and so I started there, ended up getting jobs in land surveying, which is a, a fascinating industry and a very difficult, dirty job out in the hot sun and in Florida with snakes and alligators, you know, not, not always so much fun. You know, uh, at one point I sold appliances in college. Super exciting, let me tell you. Because one of the things that I'm doing is we're walking up Success Mountain. I'm, I'm laying some structure of a foundation that I can see really, really clear. I'm trying to paint it for my audience today and everybody listening about a dynamic guy who didn't allow limitations placed on him to stop him from getting to certain heights in his career. You know, where did you meet your wife? When was that? 
Well, my wife, uh, my wife today is my second wife, and we met after both of us went through a fairly difficult period and met each other on eHarmony of all things. So, so that actually works. Science and technology works. Yeah, it's fantastic. Never been happier. And I love the the uh, engineering piece behind you too. And I think from land surveying and all these types of things, like it isn't like a straight line for you. You've had a lot of switchbacks. You've had a lot of ups and downs. You've had some health challenges. You've had life challenges. But like I'm saying for the world to hear, here's a guy who's pressing forward. And then you go look at all of the programs just from everything that you've created and how like you've had to apply all of that to these programs because you're, you're creating and teaching duplication. Like, that's a gift. That's a talent. A lot of people say they do this, but when you have the accolades to prove it, then I'm like, all right, cool. So I would love to talk about as we're going up the mountain today, what's hot right now in Steve's life? What is like the most just exciting thing you're working on? What project? Well, the, the big thing for us is our uh, latest book that we've launched. It's called The Exponential Network Strategy. And it's a- absolutely a lot of fun. I mean, I, I have a special place in my heart for service businesses. I grew up in a service business, kind of the child of an accountant. And so I've lived in this small business world for all of my life. And it's a tough place to operate and try and earn a living. And, uh, you know, I, early in my career, I met this guy. He was a vendor in our industry in engineering. And, and he was at every networking event you would ever go to. This guy was there. He was kind of like a pillar holding up the wall at every networking event. And we were having a conversation. And, and at one point, it just hit me that this guy was me in about, you know, 20 or 30 years. And he had gotten to that point where he'd seen everything that there was to see in his career. He'd done everything at least, you know, 10 times at that point, been to all the events before. It was so routine to him that there was just no energy or passion in it. And he's living on the hamster wheel of death and that and I'm on that track. Mm. I'm not too far behind. And so at that point, I kind of went out and tried to figure out a better way to to uh, make the connections that I need to make in business. And that's where the book came from. And uh, it's a strategy we've been using for a number of years. And I finally, you know, got around to writing it down so everybody can read it and and hopefully benefit from it. Was that an exciting process, a boring process? Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, The process of writing the book or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because if you know it, if you know it, right, you put it all down, it's pretty basic. But then sometimes taking it and then putting it into a book format where it's exciting to read because you like it, but then you're trying to get everybody else to buy into it. Well, so I like to write and I didn't always like to write. I got like straight C's in English. In fact, if my English teachers knew that I was writing books, they'd be flabbergasted (laughs) by the whole thing. But I love to write. And I wrote my first book in 2014 and that was a process. You know, it's 35, 40,000 words. It took you know, it took a good two months to get that thing cranked out. This one I wrote in eight hours. And I'm really excited about the way that it came together. And I've actually committed to writing three more this year to get more of the the ideas that we've been teaching our clients out to a broader audience and do it in chunks that people can understand and consume. It's I mean, you can sit down and read this in an hour. And I did that really intentionally. I kind of wanted it to work on, you know, the short leg of your cross-country flight, you know, to wherever your first connection is. So you can get some value out of it in that amount of time. And it took about eight hours to write the thing. And I'm really, really happy with the way that 
came together. Super easy process. Well, congratulations. I'm excited. I mean, that's a nice lofty goal, putting out a couple extra books too, just on top of just getting ready to release one and seeing the success you're already having. So what I'm going to do, we're going to climb just for a couple more seconds. I'm going to ask you a couple of tough questions to kind of just get a little deeper. The biggest business challenge you face so far that left you surprised on the outcome. The biggest business challenge you faced so far and left you surprised on the outcome that it maybe didn't go the way you thought it would. Okay. Well, biggest business challenge is easy. And I think a lot of people listening to this can resonate with that. The year 2008 and 2009 uh, was challenging beyond belief. And I'm sure I'm not the first one that's mentioned this when you asked that question. But that was the point at which, you know, the being in the engineering world was no longer a place to be. In fact, that industry's still recovering, you know, and we're, we're 10 years later. And we got to a point in that business where it was really clear that if we were going to hang on to it, it was going to be a giant money pit for a long time that we may or may not pull out of. And so we made a decision to wrap that business up. And, uh, and that was difficult. You know, we had, we had quite a number of employees. It was difficult for them. It was difficult for me. It was, was probably the, you know, watershed moment that, that initiated my divorce. And the surprising thing in all of that is both personally and professionally, the opportunity that came next, I could never have imagined, you know, on the personal side, um, happier than I've ever been and multiplied my family. We now have, instead of two girls, two daughters that I love dearly, we added two boys kind of in a Brady Bunch situation, um, which is amazing. And on the business side, I'm having more fun than I've ever had doing what I truly love doing and working with a lot of different businesses to help them hit their goals. And it's just so much fun. All right. 2018, you're asked on a panel to give advice reflecting on 2008, 2009 as the panel, you're the head today. Steve, we're going to ask you a question. What's the piece of advice you give the audience today as they know that the the world's about to change. We've got tons of stuff going on in our economy. It's up and down, presidential this, presidential that. We've got nukes, everything. What kind of advice do you give to the audience of business leaders today sitting there watching what potentially you went through back in 2008, 2009, if kind of an uncertainty and you, you, know, you left us in the very beginning with impact? What would you say to that audience? So, you know, we work with lots of business owners and the thing that in small businesses that tends to run through all of them is that the business owner got into it because of happenstance or because they you know happen to like that particular field. And they're really good at practicing it, but they're often not very good at marketing and selling it. And the thing that I learned, I learned it before 2008, 2009, but was really brought home to me then is the importance of being able to sell in any kind of environment, in any kind of situation and being being very good at that. And I will tell you, having come through that period and being even better now, I think, at being able to market and sell than I was then, that ability gives you tremendous confidence in the face of uh, chaos and adversity. How much different is your life? I know you talked a little bit about being with your second wife. Now you have two girls, two boys. You've got a, a really good family and a great story. eHarmony's got another testimony. Um, <laughs> How, how different though, really, is your life from 2008 to 2018? Like if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, like is it, is it a 10? Is it like a five? Like how much different for you is it? Don't give me just the personal because I get that and I love that. But like from a business standpoint, how much more confident are you in your abilities today, 10 years later? Oh, 100 times more. 
easily. And that comes from going through that process, that experience of having to start again from scratch, basically. And, you know, at the time, I thought that was a really challenging and negative experience in my life. And in a lot of ways, it was. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade it for the world now. Because the confidence that came from that, from building a second successful business out of that, you know, it's just, I know that no matter what comes in the future, that I can handle it. And having that confidence, I didn't have that back then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Today's guest, Steve Gordon, the founder of The Unstoppable CEO, gave you just the most important answer today I heard, confidence, something life teaches us to get back up and move fast. And sometimes you have to pivot along the way. So we'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. All right, it is Tony Grubmeyer. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Today's guest, Steve Gordon. Now, what an amazing story so far as we've got to the top of Success Mountain with Steve. What we're going to do is we're going to ask a couple more questions, Steve, and then we are going to deep dive into the fulfillment round. No right answers, no phone a friend. If you don't know the answer, you make it up. But a couple things that have stood out to me, I love your personality. I think that you have just a way of allowing life to happen and not to get overwhelmed. I think that is a confidence piece. You talked about making an impact. You talked about the importance of this, this second go around. You found your life partner. You found now you have two boys. Now you have your two daughters. Life is great. You're happy. You're smiling. Your business is well. You had a pivot along the way multiple times. You've had some health challenges. You've had all these things that happen. But one of the questions I want to know is what was mom and dad like for you growing up? What was your parents like? They were fantastic. You know, incredibly supportive of essentially anything that I wanted to do. And, you know, my dad at some, I guess I was about six or seven years old, went and uh, he's an accountant and went and started his own firm with some friends of his. And so I kind of grew up in in a small business. You know, I was the kid that was crawling around dad's office. In fact, this time of year, I always remember because it's tax season right now for accountants, you know, give your accountant a hug, they're stressed right now. And so I was the kid crawling around on Saturdays in dad's office and, you know, under the desks and my brother and I were rolling our Hot Wheels down the hallway, you know, creating trouble. And what was life like for you with your mom? You know, it's funny. Um, My mother is just an incredible human being who has given her, I think, entire life, at least since I was born, I'm the oldest, towards, you know, my brother and I being happy. She's very focused on whatever it is that any given moment that it's going to make us happy is what she wants to have happen. And so it's just been so much fun, you know, being around them. And now, you know, they're, they're both retired. They travel a lot. It's, you know, they'll, they'll swing through town and get to spend some time with my kids, which is always fun. I love it, man. I, I think, Steve, the questions that I ask, I don't want to be the normal questions that just get fired off at you. <laughs> I, I love the fact that when we get to acknowledge our parents, you know, we don't get to pick them. We get to pick everything else more or less in our life, right? We get to pick our partner. We get to pick a lot of things about business, but we don't get to pick our parents. They're kind of picked and chosen for us. And then we end up with how, however that turns out. What are some life lessons that you've learned from your parents growing up that are, you're using or implementing into your life today? Well, a, a big one, two big ones, really. One is work ethic. You know, I didn't want to learn that one, but, but my father was determined that I would learn it. Uh, I'll never, you know, I'll never forget. I was the lawn boy and the pool boy 
growing up. And, you know, and if the job wasn't done right, he was, he was going to let me know and I was going to go do it again. And I hated every minute of that. But in the long run, understanding that and understanding that if you're going to do something, do it right. Don't take shortcuts. Just, you know, even if it's work that you don't enjoy, just knuckle down and get it done and get through it. And we all have that in life. It's one thing to sit back, you know, there's this whole notion of, you know, do what you're passionate about. And that's great. But sometimes there's just work, you know, in anything that you do, there's just work and that's okay. And to, to learn the lesson of, you know, it being okay to work hard, even if you're not having, you know, a ton of fun at the moment, nothing wrong with that. So that was, I think, really useful. The others' education, they sacrificed a lot. They sent my brother and I to a private school growing up and wasn't always that way, but they felt strongly that we were going to get the best opportunities there. And in hindsight, that was a, a really big thing for me. Even though I sort of uh, squandered the opportunity and probably didn't live up to my potential at the time, it made an enormous impression and really taught me how to learn. And that is a valuable, valuable thing. No, I, I love that. And you know, I mentioned early on in the show today that you're the host of the Unstoppable CEO podcast. You've had some really entertaining guests on your show and inspiring. I mean, you just look at the layers of people that you've had on the show. It was an honor to be on your show. Was, tell me some, I had you on my show. Tell me some lessons that you've had trying to launch and build a podcast over all these years. Like, Tell me some things that you've learned along the way. Well, this is my second podcast. The first one went for about 50 episodes and just kind of died out. And the lesson that I learned is that I need to have a team around me to be able to produce something like that, and really to be able to produce anything and be successful at it. I think having a team of people supporting you is, is really important. And so I'll tell you the really interesting lesson in this whole process with the new podcast, because it's about a year old now, for me is that what a wonderful way to make connections and to build relationships. And I knew that. I've been doing interviews since before podcasts existed. And we used to do them and put them on CD and mail them out. I mean, I'm now revealing my age because somebody will listen to this and go, what's a CD? But, but we used to do that. And it was a really effective way to open a relationship with another business person because we're opening it without doing what most people do, which is putting a hand out and saying, you know, what can you do for me? We go to them and say, look, we have an audience of people that are interested in these topics and we'd love to share your knowledge with them. And most of the time when you put that to somebody, in fact, almost every time you put that to somebody, they're flattered by it. They're grateful for the opportunity. And it's just a wonderful way to begin a relationship with another person. Well, I'm certainly honored to have been featured on your show. And what I'd love to do right now, Steve, we're going to climb back down. We're going to get into the fulfillment round. Like I said, there's no right or wrong. So there's nothing you can say today that's going to do anything other than just make somebody laugh. So the first <laughs> question from you being from uh, the Florida region and area, are you ready for the fulfillment round? Let's do it. All right. Name a reptile that cannot stick its tongue out. A reptile that cannot stick its tongue out. An alligator. Crocodile. All right. Your favorite place to travel in the world. My favorite place to travel, um, Ireland. Ireland. Have you been? We have. What's something that you enjoy doing in Ireland? Uh, drinking whiskey. Whiskey. Very, very nice. All right. If you had to pick, and it's not Ireland, you're back home now, Chinese food or Italian on a Friday night. It's just you and your <laughs> oh, wife. Italian all the way. Italian all the way? Oh, yeah. Do you have a specific dish that you love? Well, the sad thing to admit is that it's pizza. Really? I, I, could probably, I could probably eat a pizza eight nights a week if my wife would allow me. Thankfully, she doesn't. Do you have a specific type of pizza that you enjoy, like margarita? Do you like a whole meat, uh, you know, fixed it up pizza? Oh, I'm a for, for meatball. 
Okay. Very nice. I love it. One of the questions that I love, would you rather take a long walk up a mountain or go for a five mile run? Oh, up the mountain. Absolutely. Would you? you? Um, I don't get to do that very much in Florida, but absolutely. Do you enjoy sailing? Do you like like going out on the water? I do. What's your sport? What's your hobby? What's the thing that you do when your wife isn't around, your kids aren't around? It's you and maybe some of your friends. For me, it's soccer. Um, I've played since I was like five years old. Wow. What position? I was the goalie. Hey, see, now I'm talking to another goalie. See, entrepreneurs, they're goalies. They like to keep things. Are you a hoarder by any chance? Do you keep Do you keep your office nice and neat or is it kind of just like all messy and stuff everywhere? Uh, I could turn the camera around and show you. It, it's a bit of a mess, but I'm not a hoarder. I do throw things out on a regular basis. That is good. What is something besides your book that you are most proud of besides your marriage and your kids in the last 24 months that you're willing to share today? Ah, uh, wow. That's a tough question. Um, I think for me, it's sticking with a, a daily spiritual routine. Um, I committed about a year ago to sitting down every morning with a cup of coffee and, you know, reading the Bible and, you know, which is important to me. And I've wanted to do it. My grandfather told me about four or five years before he died that he wanted to read it cover to cover. And he did. And I thought, huh, there's an idea. I wonder what it would take to do that. And so uh, every morning I sit down and, and uh, read that. And it has been, number one, I'm, I'm excited that I've stuck with it for over a year now. And two, it really centers me for the day. I think that's one of the most important things you could say is the centering piece, right? Like you can't, it's hard to go out and make an impact if it's always up to you. But when you're inspired, divine inspiration, God, I believe when there is wisdom all around us, it's so much easier for us to lead an impactful life. If I'm always looking to myself for inspiration and wisdom, I'm going to come up short. I just don't have enough. I'm not a, it's not in the abundance factor of my life. But when I seek knowledge and look in scripture or in a book, it seems to change. And I seem to, I seem to have more energy and I feel like I'm, I'm serving in a better way. Do you agree or disagree? I agree completely. I mean, if, if I had to rely on the wisdom that I'm carrying inside of me, we got, we all have problems because uh, there's a, there's a limit. It's one of the wonderful things, both about, you know, spiritual books, like the Bible, but books in general. This idea of writing things down that we've come up with as humans. What a wonderful way to spread wisdom and knowledge. And I absolutely love to read. So, Well, you know what? You made it through. I didn't give you any questions that threw you for a loop, but I am <laughs> going to ask you one last question. Favorite color? Favorite color. Got to be blue. Wife's favorite color? Uh, pink. All right, cool. Good job. Congratulations. You made it through the fulfillment round. All right. So Steve, what I'd love to do is allow you for just a couple seconds to share a quote or something of impact that has lasted through two decades in your life, something that you can go back to early on. Because I remember you were talking about the biggest kind of point in your life is when you had kind of this health scare concern. And that really began to change. The patterns began to change. The processes that you were looking at life began to change. The wisdom your grandfather gave you, the parenting advice that your father gave you, showing you the importance of not to cut corners. What are some life lessons that you can leave with our audience today that are really impactful that will make them say to themselves, gosh, I remember that interview I heard with Be Fulfilled. And that guy, Steve, he said this one thing and it changed how I looked at life. Well... So for me, it kind of is all summarized in a quote. And looking at all of the things that we've talked about that you just mentioned, they all kind of fit into that. And I'm actually going to turn around so I can see it on my wall. But um, it's a, a quote from Calvin Coolidge, who was the 30th president of the United States. And he says, nothing can take the place of persistence. 
knowledge will not. There are, you know, untold numbers of derelicts who have all kinds of knowledge, you know, talent will not. Uh, and he goes through this litany of different virtues that people have. And his point is that you can have all of those things, but if you're not persistent, then none of them are really worth much. And, you know, to me, that's been the theme that goes through life. So I'm thankful that I got to learn it. No, and I think that lines up perfect. I mean, if you look back, you've developed over 30 marketing and sales strategies for professional service firms. So let's talk about that. Persistence, consistency, duplication, spending the time working through it, getting back up, the late nights, the early mornings, the spending the time even in the dedication over the past year, getting up and being true to your word. I think being consistent is such an important thing. I think being true and consistent with your word is the most important thing because I think at the end, that's what I'm left with. That's the one thing that people are going to remember me by. And I'm, today, I'm, I'm left with the impact that you're leaving on the audience. I'm left with the impact that you're leaving in your kids' lives, your wife, your business, the people that you impact. I mean, it's hard to look back and think about just some of the products from the website maximizer, the ideal client advantage, the business that grows itself framework, the unstoppable referrals process to the podcast that you're doing to the information that you said, like I put out 50 and then I just, I stopped because I realized that it maybe wasn't in alignment with where I was heading. My soul's purpose was driving me somewhere else. And I decided to buckle down my efforts and put them in a, in a way that kind of like, I think synergy lines everything up for you. And I'm left today inspired to go out and be consistent, to make an impact, to be my word, to do something better for just today, but to leave a legacy for my kids and their future. So I, I want to say thank you for being a guest today on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I really have enjoyed it. All right. So I asked the question in the beginning. I'm going to ask the question one last time. Your definition of success, if money wasn't the answer, would it still be impact? Or did you think about something else today on our journey? No, I think it's, for me, it's impact. It's all about that in, in all areas of life. All right. Audience, how do they get connected with you? We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Best way to uh, find us is at unstoppableceo.net. And we mentioned the new book. We're, we're happy to give all your listeners a copy of that. They can go to, and there's no you know, no free plus shipping offer or anything like that. They can just go get a free copy. They can go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash be fulfilled. Well, thank you very, very much. Our good friend, Jeremy Wise, got us connected. Also, the last little note I have to put in this, I asked this question when guests are getting ready to come on the show. Describe your entrepreneurial journey. Like what movie or theme would you best equate to what your journey looks like? And you left Mission Impossible as your answer. <laughs> Leave us today with a cliffhanger. Make us want more. Make us want to come back to find out Steve Gordon and go download his podcast on iTunes. And if you do, leave a review. Why Mission Impossible? You know, the, the briefcase is always about to blow up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Gordon today, our guest on Be Fulfilled. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And no matter where you go, no matter what you do, please remember to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at trainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever.